It's the holidays, but just how distracted are we from what matters most? Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and Giving Tuesday. But have we lost sight of a day of rest? The President and Navy SEALs, where do we go from here? Finally, ET phone home. All this and more on this week's Three Season of Pod. Three Season of Pod, a weekly podcast from Provision Advisors. A look at the good, the bad, and the what could be better in the world of communication. For more of the Provision Conversation, follow us on Twitter and give us your thoughts at ProV Advisors. That's P-R-O-V Advisors. Or check us out on the web, www.provisionadvisors.net. As always, we look forward to hearing from you. Let's begin our first segment, Rearview Mirror. Chris, we're going to throw it to you. So um, before we went on a little bit of a Thanksgiving respite, what I was following on the Horizon segment was about the Eddie Gallagher versus the U.S. Navy, the U.S. Navy versus President Trump, and right. you know all of that. And so, for me, the, I was captivated by how this was covered and how it was handled. Um, it looked for I think the last, when we signed off uh, two weeks ago, it very much looked like the secretary was going to resign. Perhaps other uniform leadership would resign. And then for a couple of days, it looked as if it might resolve itself. And then on Sunday, the um, Secretary of the Navy was either asked to leave or resigned on his own, depending on you know what narrative or storyline you, you believe. Uh, and then what ensued was a you know very much a national conversation on this issue. It, yes. it leaped out of traditional defense and national security coverage and very much became a, a national and maybe even international issue. I, I saw it bounce around in some of the international papers. My big takeaways were, um, I, I thought perhaps the Secretary of the Navy, if he wanted to stick around, I, I thought he over-communicated. I, I thought he had an opportunity to kind of go deep and get through this. Um, you can debate whether or not he, he got the outcome he actually wanted. Um, but I thought perhaps uh, he, he over-communicated. Um, I thought the whole departure and how he left was very bizarre. Um, you know, the, the three or four different versions of the story, and perhaps that's just where we are the, these days. You know, was he fired? Was he asked to leave? Um, you know, was he planning on leaving? Why did he leave? I mean, they're just the the whole that whole portion was was odd and hard to follow. And then I would just say as a, as a retired Naval officer, I hope the Navy has the opportunity to get back to sharing its story and you know talking about what the Navy does for the American people, protecting the homeland, protecting commerce around the world, to uh, sort of get back to, to basics and get back to communicating what they need to communicate um, from a recruiting and from a funding and all of the things that they need to communicate. Oh, go ahead, John. Go ahead. Go ahead. It, I just thought it was an interesting uh, time for the Navy to occupy a bad part of the news cycle to be reminded of the misdeeds of certain sailors, um, the crisis, so to speak, of, of what's happening in the special warfare community, uh, the efforts by Colin Green um, as... Um, the head seal to try to enforce good order and discipline in the whole thing um, and just be trumped, so to speak, um, by uh, the, the actions of those above him in the chain. Um, like, like we said two weeks ago, at least I think I said it two weeks ago, how, how, do you, how do you go forward? How do you now 
process every single NJP or courts martial? How do you deal with a sailor who is going to be held accountable for his or her actions? And their next step is now, well, I'll just write a letter to President Trump. Um, it opens the door for a great many issues for the Navy. And, and then on top of it all, I think I saw last night that Gallagher was retiring anyway, put in his retirement. It's not like Trump reinstated his trident so that he could go out and, and be an operator. Um, he was retiring. So all of this was symbolic. And, and I, I think that's a lot of what the Trump administration does anyway. It's not for some sort of strategic beneficial end for the country or for our national defense or for the Navy. It's to, it's to stick it to people. It's to, it's to take a stance on something that appeals to a base. It's not necessarily something that appeals to or is in deference to good order and discipline. Um, I was sickened by the whole thing. And as Gallagher, you know, submitted his retirement, I, I would say fair winds and following seas, but I think that's too respectful for someone like that. I, I'm all about, you know, being innocent until proven guilty, but this dude's a scumbag and, and he, he played a particular card that's available for people right now. Um, unfortunately, uh, made available by the president and, I'm worried about how the Navy handles good order and discipline and issues of jurisprudence going forward, knowing that any sailor thinks now that they can just appeal to President Trump. Uh, gentlemen, great points. Uh, definitely um, a Pandora's box uh, for all the things that you've mentioned. Um, it was certainly disheartening uh, as former, uh, former military officers, former communication officers, uh, to see uh, what took place. Uh, I think um, in terms of this podcast and, and what we all do for a living, uh, it was um, enlightening, uh, almost scary to see, and, and I got caught up in it too, um, the reaction uh, to what um, uh, former Secretary Spencer, uh, the, the firing and what took place and, and how people wanted to create their own narratives uh, to satisfy their position uh, on what took place without understanding the full scope uh, of what was happening really within seemingly 24 to 72 hours of the news cycle, maybe less, just without really people doing, I mean, again, you know, armchair Twittering, just trying to, to say, oh, well, this is what this person was standing for. And this is what, where this person was trying to be sneaky. Um, and no one really having a full grasp of the situation until several days, you know, later, uh, when you get some some more reporting, some more thorough factual reporting uh, on the subject. So uh, again, just sort of that lesson uh, before this, you know, before this world, this this nation of ours gets too carried away on not fully uh, examining, researching, uh, dissecting uh, the reporting, the facts that are laid out in front of us, uh, and just going forward. Um, with uh, the little snippets, the 140 characters or so uh, that were given uh, in making a determination. So that's, you know, I'll leave that there. Again, this is something that we're going to have to address, you know, moving forward. Definitely left the Navy in a really bad position. And really, uh, as far as the military body as a whole, our oath, what we stand for, the pillars uh, that that sort of surround us and make us go, definitely being, uh, being challenged. And for, for each of us, that is something that uh, we are going to watch closely. You know, John, before, before I throw it to you, to what you looked at, I, I was remiss 
uh, and didn't ask, you know, look, we took that break uh, for Thanksgiving, uh, but I didn't ask, just quite frankly, uh, how, how were your Thanksgivings? How, <laughs> did, you, did you each enjoy uh, your breaks? Uh, John, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Tell us what you did. Oh, it was fantastic. So I took my, uh, my oldest son, my boy, um, to uh, Orlando. We watched the uh, Maryland Terrapins in the Orlando Invitational, uh, sponsored by ESPN, uh, held at the Wide World of Sports Center um, there and uh, the Disney Complex, the Megaplex, as it were. Um, just, just a really impressive time. I, I remember with great fondness my father taking me to the Maui Invitational uh, when I was uh, just about my son's age, um, and I was hanging out with you know Maryland players of that age. Uh, we had a really, really, really good time for you know for two sports fans, a father and son, whole family being able to go to the park and deal with the crowds, which were terrible, but. Um, yeah, there's something to be said for, and I know that, you know, all three of us are parents. There's something to be said for those, you know, really special moments that you can spend individually with each kid. And I hope that all of us get those, get those opportunities here and there, uh, to make each one of our children feel special, uh, like an individual, like they get special treatment and special time for Colin Schofield this past week, uh, during Thanksgiving, he got that and, and we were able to, to find a common bond and a common time and place around basketball. So, and that going out for dinner on Thanksgiving was certainly better than doing a shit ton of dishes. So and we had that going for us. Chris, what'd you do? Well, I'll start where you finished. Um, we, we also went out to dinner for Thanksgiving and uh, it was glorious. Uh, no, no stressing over the menu, no worrying about the, the cleanup and, uh, and, and no picking out on leftovers uh, for the whole weekend. So that, that was fantastic. Um, we had a pretty chill, uh, we had a pretty, pretty chill time. Uh, I, so I appreciate you guys asking about it. The most momentous thing that we did over the break was uh, hung out and watched uh, The Mandalorian uh, on Disney Plus. Uh, we, we really, you know, we're, we're definitely have been bit by the, the Star Wars bug uh, across all four of us. And, uh, in preparation for the uh, the upcoming the finale, if you will, um, we, we jumped into the Mandalorian, and so that took a lot of uh, a lot of our our time. But beyond that, it was just hanging out and uh, and enjoying each other's company. It's interesting. Um, I don't know. I know we had talked about this a little bit off um, uh, off script here. Um, I traveled. With my, uh, with my girls, we went up to see some family uh, in New Jersey, had a great time. Um, I think it was while we were watching uh, the, thing, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which is always sort of a, a big thing for us to do uh, in our family, but they went to commercial and it took us a second, but we realized we were seeing the reuniting of <laughs> Elliot and the extraterrestrial E.T. While this was, it was a long commercial, it, it, it went for about uh, just over four minutes long. But within that time period, I looked at my, my youngest daughter um, and I, I know what I was feeling. And to see us both, um, but we were both captivated by the commercial. Uh, she has since seen uh, E.T., uh, obviously not having been born when the original came out. But Again, you know, in terms of what we talk about here on, on Three Season a Pod and what we do at Provision Advisors, it really struck me to see the both of us captivated 
the way we were. And when the, when the commercial went off, she looked at me, her face, just eyes wide open and mouth agape and just, oh my God, I, th I thought that was going to be ET2. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, it was a commercial with something else. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a commercial that, uh, that definitely grabbed our attention, made us feel good. Uh, and, and I bring that up also, cause I know we've talked about the Peloton commercial. Uh, if you're familiar with the exercise bike, uh, Peloton, that's all the rave. Um, maybe one of us, uh, has, has one as well, uh, in their own home. <laughs> But uh, again, two different sort of reactions to the commercial. Uh, there's been a, a little bit of back and forth about, uh, especially on the net, about what that Peloton commercial meant to people. Uh, some people didn't have a, um, a good reaction to it. Uh, just amazing, again, how advertising, messaging within advertising and commercials uh, can affect our attitudes, uh, take us to a place, and then ultimately, uh, which is what it's supposed to do uh, as consumers uh, drive us to to spend money or drive our our mindset. So look, overall, a, a great Thanksgiving spent with family, kept some of the political conversations to a minimum. Uh, but really just, um, gosh, as I, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, a time to just take a break and enjoy one another uh, and be thankful for the little things. So um, yeah, that was our that was our Thanksgiving. You guys have any reaction to either of those commercials? Well, the Peloton thing was actually kind of my rear view. And, and I, I'm trying to think of a, a way to politically, or at least uh, delicately offer my take here. And that is that if, if the real heartburn was that this woman in the Peloton commercial was so thin or so in shape, I'm sorry, it, do you not watch every effing commercial on TV? Like, everyone's thin and in shape, and you know, you're not an actor unless you're thin and in shape. I can count on one hand actors who are sought after because they're you know, chubby and soft and, and not necessarily very photogenic. You know, the, the, I, I, don't, I still don't know, and, and maybe I'm part of the sociological experiment here, I honestly don't know what the hubbub is about about the the Peloton scenario. Um, you know, advertising is about presenting a you know a beautiful person out there, or a beautiful ideal, or a blissful ending out there for people to strive for. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't understand what the big deal was. I I found it to be much ado about about nothing and and then personally on the et commercial I, I think for all of us children of the 70s and 80s it's just about time that henry thomas and drew barrymore got married um and and had all sorts of like late in life kids that all of us can identify with like those those were our people uh growing up as child actors it's time for the two of them to get married <laughs> wish upon a star my friend wish upon a star Stick with us, folks. Uh, we're going to come back with Deep Dive. You're listening to Three C's in a Pod. Provision Advisors, we prepare your team for the what-ifs you never thought you'd encounter. Let us help solve your toughest communication challenges and leave your team stronger and more capable for the opportunities that lie ahead. We're back, and it's time to Deep Dive. Folks, we're going to talk a little bit today about messaging, timing, placement, and how you break through amidst the litany of other topics taking up bandwidth. Basically, 
what's the magic formula for sticking the landing? Gentlemen, we've been in this game over 20 years for each of us. We've had to create messages. We've had to look at the communication landscape, uh, the topics that we, that we were covering and that we were pushing that we had to either make news about or respond to news. In terms of being strategic uh, about messaging and building a campaign, are there some basic, uh, basic rules, you know, sort of a, a messaging 101, things that you look for or things that you're even seeing right now that you can, that you can use as an example uh, for this discussion? Uh, Chris, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, when, it, when it comes to messaging and what hits and what misses, uh, what, do you, what do you try to stick to? So we started this conversation off there with, I guess, my realization that um, I don't know what the country, I mean, I, I kind of wonder out loud, like, what, what does the country do between now and November 2020? From a bandwidth or from a messaging or, you know, a narrative, you, you pick whatever your favorite phrase is. But I mean, mm -hmm. how, how do you, how does the country not become all consumed with essentially the impeachment and the run up to the election. The first question I had was like, it, is that even a concern, you know, for you guys or for, for other marketeers or communicators or whatever? And, and so, I mean, you're sort of left with, like if you buy into the idea of, hey, that could be a problem um, or continue to be a problem or become more of a problem, you're kind of left with the, well, what, what do I do? And I'm just sort of noodling here. And I mean, I right. guess there's like only three options. Uh, the first is kind of, you know, slow and steady, like don't do anything. Don't let that throw you off. Continue to continue to rely on the basics, right? Messaging and narratives and storylines that are, um, that you've put a lot of thought into that, you know, resonate with your audience and that, um, are goal and metric oriented, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I would call kind of slow and steady. I mean, like you, you do the basics. Right. Uh, the second would be like throw the ball long, right? I mean, like Hail Mary time. I, I don't know if that's like the Popeye's chicken example or even the Peloton example that you guys talked about or even Elliot and ET, right? I mean, you, you know, do something deliberate in a big way, in an out of the ordinary way to to break through um a lot of risk associated with that a lot of money probably associated with that but mm -hmm. you, you know if you do the calculus i mean that that is certainly an option in terms of reaching the audience that you uh that you need to, to reach and then the third is like just dive deep do the same calculus and realize that like we're just not going to break through we're not going to make it keep doing what we're doing in terms of a, a line of effort from a business standpoint, but recognize that, that a lot of what you try to communicate is going to fall either on deaf ears or is going to reach no ears at all or no eyes at all, depending on what medium you use. And so for some people, that's a, that's a problem. And then we've talked about it in this podcast before, for some people, that's an opportunity, right? I mean, if you are in a fairly, um, controversial space, whether it's your business space or your information space, and you can, you can use this to your advantage. Now might not be a bad time uh, to dive deep and stay out of the limelight and put some distance between you and your audience until 
it's more opportunistic or more beneficial uh, for you to stick your head back up. Hey, John, let me, before I throw to you, I want to, uh, I want to key on something here because Chris, you mentioned, you, you, you brought up uh, Popeye's uh, and I know we've like, look, we, we've talked about that on, I think, I think at least two of our previous podcasts. Um, but I want to talk about that and, and, and John over like to, to your thoughts on this. Chris, when you say throw the ball long, like I, it, it's my, I guess, assumption, my, my educated assumption, if there's such a thing, that Popeye's, in some respects, maybe they, you know, maybe they struck gold. Um, but I think there was a, I'm, I'm fairly certain there was a plan involved. You know, um, and and so I guess my I, I question uh, how much how much of it when you you know you you brought up three different uh, three different things to think about, and I guess when I'm looking if you you know you're sitting in that boardroom you're sitting uh, in that in that comms room uh, with with the boss with with the CEO or whomever is in there, and you say hey you know what this is going to work and it's going to work because of you know xyz i mean in in the instance of a, of a of a sandwich well one the darn thing has to taste good right if it if it, if it didn't taste good then then nobody's going to be talking about it and then after that comes the timing of everything and whether you want to believe they ran out of the sandwiches or whatever, and how that played into whole thing, into the whole, you know, the whole madness uh, of the thing, um, you know, was that a hail mary pass or was it a very well thought out marketing campaign uh, over over this particular food item? Um, yeah, I would. Uh, so let let me clarify. I guess when I say hail mary or throw the ball deep, it's um, do something that you know is going to create a um, uh, a large amount of attention or buzz or impressions, again, whatever your metric is, okay. in order to help break through what is a steady state of noise um, and crowd uh, in, the, in the information and marketing space, right? Yes. So, I mean, I think that there are a lot of companies probably that rolled stuff out over the last year or two. And because of varying levels of effort, we're, we're unable to break through. My belief very much is, is that Popeyes kind of knew what they were doing or, or had a, a, a real gut instinct that any publicity is good publicity and would help generate and turn up the buzz around the, their sandwich. Right. I, I actually feel the same way about Peloton. And uh, now whether or not that makes people go out and buy it, I think it's a little bit easier in the fast food market. So, but that's what I mean by go, go long, like make a conscious effort that we are going to break through this thing versus the, Hey, we're going to, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And, and, you know, if we break through for the right reasons, that's great, but we're not going to, we're not going to, you know, turn up the gain and, and run the risk of this thing going south. Two, two points on the matter. Number one, it talks about it or it is a, um, it, it, it is a direct reflection on the merits of communication planning. And, and you and I, Bashan, used to teach this at, 
the defense information school and I used to kind of turn a, you know, I'd, I'd snicker at the whole idea of communication planning. Uh, we've talked about it here where, you know, we, we taught this need to have the six to seven page plan and who are the audiences and pages and pages of content when really our senior leaders are really only looking for one page of what do I need to say? When do I need to say it? Why are we saying it? But, you know, th this whole issue that Chris brought up talks about, you know, communicators on behalf of their senior leadership doing a SWOT analysis, right? You know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. What's out there? What's going to hurt uh, the ability of, for our message to glom on and, and take hold? Uh, what's going to drown out our message or our commercial or our marketing strategy? Um, you know, might this marketing strategy take hold and become viral? Do we want it to be viral? Are we ready to, for it to be viral? Are we ready to meet the demand for our product that might happen when we uh, kind of occupy this vacuum uh, that Americans are looking for people to, to occupy? Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I believe Chris brings up a good point that there, there is a, a part of the country that is completely and utterly absorbed with, you know, what Biden's numbers are in, in Iowa and what, the Trump impeachment means and how we're less than a year now from the election and how this is going to dominate our thoughts. I, I think that for the three of us and for a lot of people who listen to us, it dominates. Um, that doesn't necessarily reflect the majority of Americans who I believe a lot of them, you know, I, I, I was listening again, my shameless plug for pod save America here, but, you know, they were doing a, um, a poll of Iowa voters or people in Iowa it was alarming, like five out of 10 didn't even know that impeachment was happening. So we give the audience a lot of credit for being informed. Uh, people are informed by the things they want to be informed by. And for some, it's the Mandalorian, and for some, it's sports, and for some, it's soap operas, and for some, it's anything but politics. So we have to consider that some of those audiences out there aren't concerned with impeachment or politics and they want someone to fill that void. And that's why I really believe it'll be interesting to see what Super Bowl commercials come out. You know, it's always a huge thing in January or, or now the Super Bowl, I believe is the first weekend in February. Yeah. That that's a huge part of what people want to want to see. They want that football game to forget about life for a while. And they want to see those commercials to forget about the football game. Um, who is going to come out with that marketing strategy that talks about the things that we've talked about in the first few pods here? Who's going to say it's time for Americans to be civil again? Who's going to, who's going to do that heartfelt Coca-Cola polar bear commercial saying, isn't it time that we all get along um, and, and stop with the divisiveness and stop with the crap and stop with the politics? When, when are we going to heal as a nation? Who, who's going to take that? Or will it seem too ridiculous? Will it seem too pandering to an audience that needs it too much? That's what I'm going to be looking at. I, I believe that there is a great opportunity for people to fill the space in terms of messaging and marketing, uh, particularly with the fatigue, as we've talked about, with the impeachment process and the election. It's just going to be how do they do it and what messages will they use to do it? I, I believe that there is an opportunity out there for that civility message and for that let's just be Americans together again message um, 
you know, to, to make people stop thinking about all the negativity out there. John, you, you, oh, Bash, ahead, before you go, are you go bullish or are you bullish or bearish on, uh, on Super Bowl commercials? If somebody asked you, Hey, should I spend my money, you know, given the environment, should I spend my money, uh, on the Super Bowl, on a Super Bowl commercial? Uh, oh, I yes, think it's, oh, no? I, I, I believe a lot of factors go in. I, if it's like the Patriots and it was, it, yeah, like Patriots 49ers or some like marquee matchup that's going to have just a shit ton of viewership. Yes, the Super Bowl always has a shit ton of, of viewership. So that, that almost sounds like a cop out. But yeah, I, I believe that that money is worth it. When, when do you ever get that sort of unique number of viewers? Uh, for TV marketing, um, you know, so it, you certainly have to look at the landscape and what's going on. A lot of these guys have to spend their 250 to 500k weeks in advance to get that commercial into the into the hopper. But Super Bowl commercials have now they they have a life of their own, and and we need to respect that as communicators and know that that'll be a great opportunity for people to set the theme of the narrative going forward for the new year. You know, what, what's important to us in the new year? Is it civility? Is it divisiveness? Is it politics? I mean, is it sports? The, the word is, is that the Trump, or the Trump campaign is going to take advantage of uh, advertising during the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm guessing that's not going to be their message. <laughs> and me too. And on that note, there are now more billionaires in the Democratic primary than there are people of color. Um, I just stole that from Cory Booker. But, um, you know, will those, will those billionaires use that as a platform to get their message across? Will Bloomberg and Steyer, uh, you know, take that opportunity? Will, you know, I, I don't even know who has the Super Bowl this year, NBC or Fox. You know, will whoever has the Super Bowl, you know, Will they be Facebook? Will they say, no, we're not going to do political ads? Will they do political ads? Um, I don't know. I don't remember ever a Super Bowl having political ads. Um, if ever that's going to happen, it's probably going to be this year. It's 2019, and you know what I want to see? Voila! I mean, seriously, that's like 15 years old now. That was, a long, that was a long time ago. Makes me smile every time. <laughs> makes me smile every time. And, and, and I will tell you this, because you mentioned a little while ago about, about political, even that series of commercials, because you know they were spinoffs, but quasi-political, because there was at one point where one of those actors, they portrayed him going uh, to the war in Iraq and calling back uh, right. to the group from I, I remember that. that that was a part of the whole sequence um yeah hey hey I, I look it's the American fabric but that's that's the whole thing is that that people want to forget about real life and so what are you gonna do you know is it gonna be the Budweiser Clydesdales or the Coca-Cola polar bears you know or the the very unique celebrity sponsorship you know last year it was michael buble and the and the seltzer water in the past it's been others but i i really believe that the that the ground is fertile right now for a company to come in and and try to take a high road um now again 54 million people voted for trump's version of of divisiveness and and 
and messaging and narratives. So it might not really resonate with them, but I, I, I'd be very interested to see how people take this Christmas season and then the Super Bowl commercial season to, to react to the issue that Chris raised, which is, do you play it safe? Do you throw a Hail Mary? Um, do you just stand pat? Um, and and keep folding until you're the until you're the big blind. You know that there are a lot of there are a lot of avenues available for people. It's just that they need to do that SWOT analysis. They need to evaluate the battle space. If they don't, they they do so at the risk of their own peril. I mean, but Sean, I'll 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 ask you. I mean, yeah, no um, and I apologize because you you guys you got my you got my blood flowing. That's um, what I hey hey my yeah, job here is done. That's, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we do here. <laughs> if you're, I, I just don't know. I don't know that if if I'm advising or if it's my money, um, if I'm trying to do a high road commercial or I'm trying to do the next wise app or something playful and fun that okay like I don't even th- I don't think that you can. I think it's a gamble. I'll say it this way. Sure, I think sure. it's a gamble in the current environment, right? If your commercial is about the high road and, uh, and you know, Americans coming together and then the next commercial is about like Pocahontas and sleepy Joe Biden or whatever, you know, whatever litany of slurs um, that might be in a commercial, what does that do to your investment? I don't know. And I think that that's, I mean, one, it's the benefit of bringing in a company to help help you get a read on that. Sure. Uh, you know, a little bit of a shameless plug. But two, like, I just don't know if it, if the risk is worth the reward in this environment. I hear I hear you loud and clear, man. Um, it, yes, it it is a risk. Uh, it's one that professionally I would tell companies to stay away from. Uh, as much as I, and here's a little personal anecdote, when you hear we've heard this before when they go low we go high and i struggle with that (laughs) but i think looking at and i'll go back looking at that et commercial okay uh looking at heck you know what just this past weekend upstate new york uh dealt with uh they had a nor'easter up there right over the over the thanksgiving break and to the extent that, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to, to let social media rule my life, but I saw more people as I'm, I'm uh, if I haven't said this before, like I'm, I'm a native of upstate New York, I saw more of my friends, family, uh, people from, you know, different political affiliations, what have you, they were so darn happy for snow Hey, I'm out here shoveling. Hey, we're out here having a snowball fight. Hey, we're out here, in, you know, or we're, we're inside with a fire going. And, and their, their social media feeds were filled with snow. And hey, man, at the end of the friggin' day, we have more in common about some of the simplest damn things in life than, than, than all this other Michigas. Snow. Hey, you know what? Pour the hot chocolate, light the fire, and shovel, or go sledding. And that's what people want to get back to. So spend your money on something that's going to move us forward. And if it's not going to do that, then like you know, I I, I say, 
it's not worth the investment. Well, Cory Booker is espousing that type of simplicity of, of life. And let's bring it back to snow. Let's bring it back to us. And he's polling at 2%. Um, you know, whereas people like Buttigieg and Warren and Biden, who are well, Biden less so in in Iowa, but more so in South Carolina. Because you, you know. got to be genuine. Here's the thing, John. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. Because I, I'm, you're going right where I wanted to drive you. Because, so here's the thing. Okay, you're gonna poll at two percent. Well, one, your message needs to to be that way from the start. Like, hey, you know, here's here's let's get back to brass tacks about what brings us together uh, more, than, more than what separates us. And if you're not on board with that, well, hey, I, I wish you the best. But at the, at, at the end of the day, and it might not be me, Cory Booker, uh, Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, Warren, I, I don't, whoever, Montgomery Brewster. It's gonna be, it, like we're going to get to a point where that that tipping point in the country is going to have us. Well, we we can no longer uh, live this way. We 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 can't. It's be, it's become unsustainable right now. Like what I tried to enjoy my Thanksgiving with my family. I think we all did, without the without the noise of the political conversation. And how many of us have waken up each day like, this is crazy. This is absolutely nuts. Like, like who's, who's driving? No one. Who's that's, driving? And, and by the way, did you just do a Brewster's Millions? I, I mean, that's, I was waiting to. Was, I, was I mean, that a Brewster's <laughs> Millions reference? Are that you, is that's amazing. Yeah, I can do like a Kidco reference right now, too, if you want that like solid mid-80s movies. But we, you're, you're right. I, I get it. And, and I want, I wake up with that feeling of dread and shittiness every day, too. I, I, you know, we're all, the three of us are creatures of habit. We wake up, we surf Twitter, we see the, the ridiculousness going on, and it, and, it, and it fundamentally irritates us. But you know, in, in the end, I, I do believe that the environment is fertile right now for people to go out and and really have a message resonate. Now, it, it, do you run the risk of paying 500K to make that message resonate right before a polar bear like juggles a Coke can and everyone's like, oh, cute, that made me forget about life. And I have no idea what that commercial was before that. Yeah, that's a risk. But I think it's a risk worth taking if you have the resources. But there is nothing left that isn't controversial. It, it, it's all controversial now, right? You run the, you run the. Uh, yeah, you run if Peloton the, is controversial, anything's right. controversial. You run the polar bear commercial, and you know it's like, hey, the Chinese, you know, made the or you know, or we're killing polar bears in the Arctic, or you know, or you run the, um, I, I don't know, pick whatever kind of fun-loving commercial you want to run, and it's it's incense. I mean, like it, it is. I would love the company that ran 45 seconds of like black and said, this break in noise is brought to you by, you know, provision advisors. <laughs> I mean, like, that's what we need. Maybe that's our go long strategy. I'm all in. I am all in. Before, before we paint ads on our bodies. <laughs> Too much. Uh, li listen, folks, we, uh, I know we, we ran a little long in this segment, but I think we, we did so, um, 
at 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 a at a good risk uh for for conversation uh or, or what's uh what's happening uh, across this nation so i'm gentlemen i'm i'm glad we had it and we and we'll continue to come back to it uh stay with us folks we're going to come right back with what's next on the horizon you're listening to 3 season a pod cue the commercial <laughs> At Provision Advisors, we specialize in strategic communication planning, execution, and coaching for senior level leaders and communicators dedicated to achieving success. We work together with your team to achieve favorable outcomes amid contentious or controversial issues which directly impact relationships and market identity. Welcome back to Three Season a Pot with Provision Advisors. Gentlemen, let's look out on the horizon at what the days ahead may bring. Chris, we'll throw it to you. Hey, so for me, what I'm looking at is um, I was reading this week, I was reading um, Axios Sports, uh, which I do most mornings. Um, and, and then I heard a similar art, um, story about it on the Tony Kornheiser podcast. But um, apparently basketball ratings are down in a big way. Um, in the here in D- tank. Yeah, here in DC, they're down almost 60% for the Bullets or wizards or whatever you call them. Le, Le boule. Um, but on ESPN and on TNT, they're down almost a third, almost uh, 33 to 35%, depending on which network. Um, and so I'm interested to see what the NBA does. Do they recognize that this is a brand crisis and you know they have to do something about it? Do they? Uh, just accept it and say, hey, look, this is a long season. We'll make up our money um, in the April-May timeframe when uh, when things really crank up. Um, so um, I'm, I'm going to watch that. I want to see if the players do anything different, if the um, you know, cable companies or major networks do anything different. Uh, but the, I find this uh, very interesting. For the two of you, do you think that the lack of parity in the NBA has played a role here that – yeah, in the East, it's been the Celtics or the Bucks or the, you know, the Raptors, and in the West, Golden State forever. This this lack of parity that people just expect to see uh, the same old teams that it becomes kind of a tired brand. It, yeah, it, the the game is is really predictable and less exciting. Yeah, there's there seems to be much more parity in in baseball and football than, than there is in pro basketball. Do you, do you think that is possibly the issue? You know what I, and I'm probably an outlier here, but um, I'm someone who, who grew up a New York Knicks fan. um, And I suppose what I have seen uh, over the, over the, the past few years is uh, aside from a, a, a just a, um, a dissatisfaction with my my home team, <laughs> um, I you know what the fact we we talked about this in, with my family um, over Thanksgiving. I can't name a starting five for any NBA team, and I don't know if that like is that am I just an an, an old curmudgeon or? or I just can't, I can't, of all the NBA teams, I cannot name a full starting five for any of the teams. And maybe that's just my own just disinterest uh, in the NBA product. Um, I don't know. I mean, th- there was a time when I could, when I could drop uh, several different teams 
Um, oh, are you kidding me? Worthy, worthy Perkins, Magic, Rambus, yeah. I, you know, I, Michael Cooper, you and, know, the Celtics starting five. Yeah, you're right. And so I, I think, I don't know why my mind is going back to that Minnesota Timberwolves team of um, Gar- Gar- Garnett and right. And somewhere around there, I think I checked out a little bit. Um, when, when people started going to China to play and, uh, the, you know, it was, Hey, the, the big, this, the big three, the big four, whatever. Um, and it was, how can we manufacture a championship? And I checked out on the NBA. And so what used to be that Christmas day, three or four straight games, boom, 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 boom quality basketball and all your favorites and all of that i don't really care i don't well wait until they start paying college players and and that becomes like a mini nba and and that's a conversation for future pods down the line i suppose but you know i i I do believe that people are losing faith in the purity of the competition that it's just money that you add the game fixing scandal with Tim Donahue, the the referee a couple of years ago, that game seems so orchestrated. There are so many of them. Um, you know, again, fatigue. I, I, I really wonder when people are going to be like, I, why, why are we paying money to watch this? You know, gone is the romanticism of, of the, of the actual sport. And it's more just a money-making machine. Why do I sign up for that? Chris, I know I, you brought up. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And yeah, let's no, make this quick point. I know you brought up this. This you started this talking about the NBA, but I looped in. I, I checked in at some point last night on the uh, that Louisville game. Yeah, those uh, were two good games. Louisville, yeah, they were great last right? night. And there was a point in there where they they uh, moved the camera over to Dick Vitale, and talked <laughs> about his anniversary of being with ESPN for 40 years, and I was I was. I mean, it was on and I was listening to it, but I was, I was just sort of taken aback by my, like, what? yeah, oh, okay, 40 years of Dick Vitale. And why aren't I more interested in the relevance uh, of that? Or, or even that Duke and Michigan State were playing after that and I didn't see one dribble. Like, I, again, hey, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm a one-off. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in the product. Yeah, and, and to bring it back to Chris's original point, I think that it, the NBA has a challenge in front of it in order to make sure that people want to tune in. Um, and, and I honestly don't know what they will do. It, it, is, it is hard to watch. And I'm someone who still can name a couple of starting fives. I'm you know, I'm a fan of a couple of uh, NBA teams. I'm a big Denver Nuggets fan, as I am a lot of Denver teams. But it's really hard to find those unique storylines that make you want to watch. And when the NBA loses a lot of premier personalities in their in their organization, like Durant and Steph and Clay Thompson, you know, when a bunch of people get hurt and and things like that, it gets hard for them to to continue to market the the product right now i i think to chris's point the product is just bad how do you make it better they they've got to figure it out but the the ratings don't lie the last thing i'll say on this i actually will disagree slightly or offer a different opinion um 
I think it's the same thing that's affecting our politics or our ability to break through from an advertising standpoint. Okay. I just think there's too much going on. Um, I think it's too long a season. I think there are too many storylines uh, going on in, in the NBA. You know, when I watch an NBA game, I'm really only interested in like the last four minutes uh, of actual time, which ends up taking an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. I kind of feel the same way about the season. I'm really only interested in the last month. Um, I think the NFL has it right. I mean, they take like a semester long season and turn it into a year long story. And here you have like a year long season or a, you know, two semester long season. And I think people just don't have the time or the energy to pay attention. I do think this is gonna become a problem in baseball eventually. Um, as just as there's so much going on in people's lives and they have so many things that they can follow and pay attention to, I think it's going to be hard for these long seasons to uh, keep people's attention. Remember Antonio Brown? <laughs> Barely. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. John, listen, over to you. What do you have on the horizon? Well, it, that set me up very nicely to talk about the the glory and and the and the the greatness of amateur sports. Um, yeah, the we are officially in Army Navy season. It's not Army Week yet. Um, next week will officially be Army Week. But wanted to sort of queue up what I believe will be a two week conversation about the importance of this game, the importance of this rivalry, and mm -hmm. and what it means for the country. Uh, yeah, the the Army-Navy rivalry has taken on a life of its own on many levels to include communication. Uh, and that includes the debut of, of the Army-Navy uniforms. Just in the last six to seven years, I'd like to say, the, the uniforms have become a big part of the game. Like, what unique uniforms are they going to wear? Navy right. made a huge statement with the Blue Angels uniforms. Army with their, like, you know, white out, uh, kick ass you know like th those uniforms were sweet uh, two years ago during the snowstorm in Philly uh, when they were wearing the white uniforms those were awesome um, but yeah they, they've done this right they've done the build, build up to the game in such a way that that really keeps the conversation going for a couple of weeks before um, the, the game actually happens for mm -hmm. it to be interesting you know you've got a couple of conference championship games you know, a lot of people watch LSU Georgia this weekend. A lot of people will watch the Big 12 championship game. Some people will watch the Pac-12 championship game on Friday night. But for a great many people, um, you know, the, the, it's the buildup to that last game of the season, which is Army-Navy. Yeah. Uh, so they'll get all these conference championship games out of, the, out of the way this weekend, and then everyone will be geared up for Army-Navy. So the debut of the uniforms, by the time this pod comes out tomorrow, the uniforms for Navy at least will be out. And, and that starts this whole different communications and marketing campaign. Navy makes a lot of money on, on the cool merch that, that they create in and around the Army-Navy game uniforms. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then I'm going to write a, a, a piece for, you know, I'm going to write a blog that, that we'll put out on the, just talks about what the importance of this game is. We're just coming down from the Auburn-Alabama Iron Bowl game. You know, the Washington, Washington State Apple Cup, the Civil War between Oregon and Oregon State. You have a lot of rivalries out there in college football that people care a lot about. Um, I, I do believe that Army-Navy occupies a very special place for, for America, and it helps um, at least fill a little bit of the civ mill divide that, that uh, exists. So 
I, I'm interested to, to see how the uniforms look and see how the conversation goes over the next two weeks. And then finally, I will say that I'm going to take my hat off to Megan Rapino and the, and the call to action she threw out to uh, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, three of the most storied and iconic men's soccer players in the world. Um, she basically took her her platform that she has right now as as the Belanda Orr winner for for women the the Golden Boot the best women's soccer player in the in the world. She used that as an avenue to to call on these three superstars to uh, to advocate to to use their platform like she's trying to use her platform to 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 understand and 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 call people out for a lack of. Um, equal rights for a lack of equal pay for a lack of uh, social justice so uh, credit to her for using her platform let's see if the other three guys use theirs okay some uh, some actual important points that you brought up with regard to that army navy game uh, the first time that these two teams met was november 29th back in 1890 uh, navy won that first meeting by a score of 24 to uh, squadoosh uh, for the uh, for the army folks uh, this, uh, this upcoming game again, December 14th, 2019, um, really looking forward to, uh, to seeing that game up at Lincoln financial field. Uh, these teams have met a total of 119 times for those of you keeping score at home. Uh, Navy leads that, uh, leads that, uh, matchup 60, a total of 60 to 52, uh, with seven ties, uh, over the, uh, over the. Uh, over the landscape. So uh, Army currently on a, on a three-game win streak going back to 2016. Uh, we'll see if the Navy midshipmen uh, can make some changes. Uh, Just going to put it out there that Navy hasn't won an Army-Navy game since I left the Naval Academy as the PAO. I mean, just just throwing it out there. Seems, all right. seems a bit odd. Let's get you back on the payroll. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, listen, folks, uh, before we wrap up here, I just want to uh, uh, – take in a little bit of what I'm looking at on the horizon. Um, as we, on this, uh, on this very program, on, on Three Season a Pod, we uh, talked about the, uh, the Democratic debates, uh, the Democratic candidacy. Um, gosh, I think it's even going back to last season. And we looked at the, uh, the rather large number of folks uh, who were gonna be throwing their hat in the ring. I, I think we even got up, I'm, I'm sure, we were up to over 20 uh, participants out there. Uh, for those seeking the seeking the nom, uh, but most notably this week, we've seen that uh, Kamala Harris, uh, senator out of California, uh, has decided to uh, suspend her campaign. Uh, got a lot of buzz, even a little bit more, continuing today. Uh, people disheartened by the fact that uh, Kamala Harris, a woman with uh, Jamaican and Indian background, born in Oakland, uh, California, uh, decided you know deciding to suspend her campaign. Um, the only, uh, the third uh, African-American woman here in the United States uh, to run uh, for president behind Shirley Chisholm and uh, Carol Mosley Braun uh, back in 2000, uh, 2006. Um, nevertheless, um, uh, it, it continues uh, to be a part of the new cycle. Um, Kamala Harris will actually, uh, again, return to her, uh, to her Senate seat where she will presumably, presumably be presiding uh, over over some upcoming impeachment hearings. We'll we'll, we'll see how that continues to go uh, in the news, uh, and we'll continue to see. Uh, I know as as I'm I'm going to keep a keen eye on 
uh, her political future, uh, where she goes. I know some of the rumblings right now uh, are looking at either a VP spot or a potential uh, attorney general spot. We will see, uh, but I will keep an eye on it as I know you all will as well. Um, folks, listen, thank you for joining with us. Uh, it's been a, a great return after the Thanksgiving break. Uh, we're always uh, we're always glad to have you listening to us here on on three C's in a pod, folks. Twenty one shopping days left until Christmas, and that's just going to tick down before you know it. Uh, Christmas and the high holidays, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa are going to be uh, upon us, and even Festivus. Uh, so uh, be prepared to air your grievances here in the next few weeks. Uh, we here at three C's in a pod support all of you. Uh, we want you to have a great weekend, and until next week, be good, be safe, and be better than yesterday. Thank you for listening to Three C's in a Pod. Have a great week.